let people speak about their community in the way that they want to speak about their community. Um, and that's their truth. It don't mean that it's the truth, but that is their truth. That's that. I, oh, that is, that's a bar. I have to share that. I want to share that. That's their truth, but it doesn't necessarily mean that that's the truth. So before we move on to the second part of the question, do you feel, what do you say to people? I've heard a lot of commentary around it. Like black women have been speaking and they're like, their thing has been, you don't have to, what would you say to a black woman who says, well, Darian, you do not have to bring down black women to uplift gay men. Welcome back to another week of Conversations for the Culture. Um, this is our last Tuesday in Pride Month, y'all. Last, last, last week of Pride. So we are having a really important conversation. Uh, one thing that I always want to do on these uh, Tuesday episodes, I want to make sure that we're educating people, whether that's on LGBTQ um education on that, whether it's uh, women's issues, whether it's social justice, whether it's education. Well, education is education, but the education system, <laughs> whether it's, um, you know, health and wellness, whether it's business, because a lot of y'all out here uh, uh, operating y'all little businesses illegally, but that's okay because we're going to get you right, right? Um, if you haven't, make sure that you go listen to that interview that we did with Mark Coley. Um, also the interview that we did with, um, Lizzie J, right? Because that, that will help you business owners. But today, today I have a very important person on, uh, someone I met a few years back. Um, we did a really, really cool photo shoot back when I was a beginning photographer. Um, so let's just get into it, right? So today's guest is Darian Dyrell. Darian is a non-binary speaker, community leader, and model they are from the south side or the southern side of Chicago and now lives in Houston, Texas. They work with the Mahogany Project Incorporated, which is a nonprofit that focuses on social isolation, stigma, and injustice within the trans and non-binary initiates of the LGBTQ plus community. Darian Darrell, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. No problem. How are you feeling today? I am well. I can't complain. Um, it's Pride Month. I like Pride Month. Be who you are for your... Yeah, I appreciate Pride Month. Happy Pride, guys. All right, all right. I love it. I love it. I love it. So let's get into it. So one thing that we always do, we start off with... Um, we start off with a icebreaker, right? We start off with the icebreaker. So today's icebreaker, uh, we're going to bring it back. It's been a couple of weeks and people have been asking me to bring back black card revoked. All right. So in this question time, in this segment, basically you share something that would get your black card revoked. Now, one thing that we do here, um, I'll tell you what uh, some of the other ones were. So they took my black card because I don't know how to do the lecture slide. I have a friend and she got her black card taken away because she eats ketchup on her fried chicken. To me, that's weird. That's strange, you know, but it is what it is. <laughs> um, so there's been different things that people have gotten their uh, black cards revoked for. So, Darian, let us know. Let the audience know. What is it that would get your black card revoked? Um, it's a few. We could go movies, but movies is embarrassing. 
because it's like I do have the opportunity to watch them, but I'm also not interested in watching them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would say me being a vegetarian for five years is very much so a shocker with the niggas. So I'm making my black card vote. And my family, how am I going to a barbecue? Mm. I can't even have green beans. I mean, you can have some of the sides that we don't throw in. Macaroni like, and cheese. Yeah, you can have macaroni and cheese. You can potato have potato salad. You can have potato salad and coleslaw and salad. Yeah, I'm not old enough to eat coleslaw. <laughs> it's an age limit. You got to be Wait, there's an age plus. limit for coleslaw? Yeah, absolutely. I at least 45. 45. <laughs> at least. Oh I'm not God, trying it again until so I'm 42, 43. I'll try to see if my take my palate has evolved into coleslaw. But and you can eat you can eat sweet potatoes, candy yams, whatever you yes. want to call it. Yeah, you can eat a That's little That's not bit. a barbecue. What are we at a barbecue though? What I'm eat? It's summertime. <laughs> That's true. That's right. true. But look, but look, I don't think that gets your black car revolt because that's simply you worrying about your health, right? Because we got to get, as a black community, we got to get out of this. Everything got to be deep fried, sauteed in butter and green. Wait, wait. I like my butter and I like my food fried. But you keep right. You absolutely right. Yeah. So I don't think that. <laughs> now let's, re, let's revisit this movie thing that you brushed over really quick. Mm. Have you seen Friday? Yes. Okay. Have you seen Boys in the Hood? Yes. Boy, wait, wait, wait. Boys in the Hood is the dude with the big lips. Oh, oh that's anti-black. No, that's what I remember. Don't do that. Fuck you. <laughs> wait, can I curse? I'm sorry. Yes, you can. We cuss all the time okay. on here. Okay. Um, Boys, Boys in the Hood is the one. Um, I've seen Boys in the Hood. Yes, Ricky. Yes, Ricky. See? See? <laughs> so what haven't you seen? What haven't you seen? I haven't seen like the Love Joneses or um the Brown Sugar. It's like a Brown Sugar movie, right? Yep. So the see? love stories you haven't seen. I mean, the one that I did see just wasn't good enough, I guess. You want to okay. talk about that one? Yeah. That we Hold on to to the community that we gotta we gotta. You talking about love and basketball? You said it, not a. Yeah, love and basketball is the worst black love story ever it's created. Terrible. It's toxic it's terrible. love. It's unhealthy love, and the movie's just not good at all. Quincy is trash. Quincy is trash. <laughs> I got your back. I stand with you. Okay, um, so yeah, it just wasn't fun. No, it's not. Oh, one more. Have you seen Soul Food? Yeah, I actually like soul food. Like Big soul mama, food. your arm. <laughs> family, fuck family. Family, fuck my husband. Yes, faith, faith, fuck my husband. Those are two of the greatest it's lines like, ever in a, in a um, movie. Like, um, I'm going to do a YouTube video on it at some point. Like the top 10 things that were funny in black movies that weren't supposed to be funny. And both of those are in it. Okay. As well. <laughs> As well as Janet Jackson and um, what was that movie? Um, Probably AC. Um, no, you might have seen it. Uh, for Color Girls, did you see For Color Girls? Oh, I did. I when did. She said, so, so you, you doing the bending? <laughs> like, oh, so you doing a bending? That was she not snapped. supposed to be funny, but it was hilarious. Anyway, right? 
Precious snap too. Precious, yes. There's a Precious lot of lines. Snap. There's a lot of lines in that that um yeah, it wasn't supposed to be funny. We weren't supposed to be laughing, but there it's we go. Funny. Like I watched Precious was only sad to me once. The first time I watched it, it was sad. After that, pure comedy. When she threw that TV down the stairs. <laughs> uh, so you're gonna stand up there and look at me? I knew I should have boarded your ass when I had you. Like, oh my God. <laughs> but I'd definitely be laughing. She was like definitely committed to being a mean bitch. But we she love was. Monique because Monique she don't was. lie. So I'm glad we got that. I'm glad we got that out. So let's uh let's get into it, right? Let's get into it. That was fun. Let's, that was fun. Okay. Um tell us a little bit about yourself. Who is Darian Darrell? Uh Darian Darrell. I am Darian Darrell. I am the sophisticated one. As you said, I am from the southern side of Chicago. I like to consider myself a southern belle um, for multiple reasons. Um, I have a strong faith background. I'm a part-time Christian. Um, and what else? I am, I'm moving into this minimalistic lifestyle and I am also figuring out, um, redefining what selfish, what, uh, being selfish means in my life right now. And what am I doing? Like, who am I right now? I think that's about it. Oh, I'm gay as fuck too. I'm, I'm non-binary <laughs> and I work with the Mahogany Project too, which um, has been like, um, honestly, uh, the one of the best opportunities I've ever had. And it, it, I think that with me coming from a strong faith background, mm-hmm. service is something that's really important to me. And so working with the um, Mahogany Project is my opportunity to serve this world. Um, and I love that. I love that. I really, really, really love that. So, all right, we're going to get into some things, right? Because we have, like, listen, our listeners, there's some hoteps that listen to this. There's some members of the LGBTQ who listen to this. Okay. Listen, we're wide range of everybody who listens to it, right? We got some Dusties who probably listen to it. So who? We got some Dusties. What is a Dusty? I love that. Wait a minute. So a dusty is pretty much like just a nigga who ain't shit. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. dusties. But they think okay. you know, they think they're high value. But they're wow. really, yeah, they're really just dusty. They, they say dusty. things like, "If a woman's over two hundred pounds, I can't date her." Like you know them types. Okay, I get where you're going. You dusty. know, five baby mamas. Dusty, crusty. Dusty. Yeah, dusties. Um. We have some of the pick me's, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, some pick me's listen to it. So we have everybody. So there's some education that we do on this show every once in a while to help people, right? Um, so tell me, tell the listeners, what is non-binary? Because a lot of people don't understand it, especially when it comes to the pronouns of they and them, because people yes. are always people are always like, but you're just one person. Why are you referring to yourself as a they or a them? True. I agree. I think that um, pronouns are really tough. Um, it's one of the. It's tough 
but it is possible. I think that first I want to say that everything in this world evolves. I'm sure a rock was a chair at one point. People had big rocks in their houses and were sitting on them for chairs. But now we have the opportunity to evolve chairs from a fucking rock into a chair. We got office chairs now. We got bar stools now. We have different types of chairs. And so I think that we have to be able, um, open to the idea of language evolving as well, as far as, uh, and so with that, I identify as non-binary because um, I think that in this world, we don't cultivate a place where we can show up as ourselves. Like I can show up as just Darian. Um, a lot of times I have to show up as a black man. I have to show up as a queer man. I have to show up um, and it's pressures that come along with that. Like I don't just walk, I don't just walk into a room um, it's pressures that come along with that. And I want to be able to remove that away from my life. I want to just be able to show up as Darian. Um, and so I don't identify with a man um, and I don't identify as a woman. Uh, being a woman, uh, what it means to be a woman in this world or what it means to be a man. So I stand in this place of non-binary. So we have, we can say man and woman and then non-binary is a place that um, you don't identify with one or the other. Okay. And for me, it's just a personal choice of being able to stand tall and showing up for Darian. I don't want, um, I don't want to have to show up as a man. I want to just show up as a Darian. Okay. If that makes sense. It makes sense. And that's to be like, and this is something that I still try to wrap my head around when it comes to like, you know, non-binary because it's like, mm -hmm. wait, I'm confused. But I'm the crying. more and more I, you know, the more I research, the more I read up mm -hmm. on it, like it's, it starts to make sense. What you just said, though, sure. it kind of makes a lot more sense. I like those sure. analogies, some of those analogies that you use, especially yeah. with a rock in a chair. I'm like, oh, yeah. We, are, we evolve. Everything evolves around us. And I think that language has to as well. And as mm -hmm. far as like them and they, mm, we can live. This is hard. I, I've um, someone who I work closely with recently changed their pronouns on me. Okay. And so it's been like, it's been tough for me to keep up, like to be able to right. evolve and change a pronoun for a person, but it's still possible. Right. And it, yeah. it, it's really about a respecting a humanity. Like if you want to be called, um, Michael, what's your nickname? What they call you on the streets? I don't know. You don't know what they call you? <laughs> no. You sure? I don't got no nicknames. Oh, so you say. Um, but I want to be able to respect you and <laughs> whatever name that you call yourself or that you want to be known as. Um, some people right. don't like their names. And so I'm going to respect you as a person to call you whatever you want me to call you. Right. And then also, that's the same respect that I think that goes along with pronouns. Um, sometimes I may slip up and say she. Sometimes I may mm -hmm. slip up and say he. But if, if your pronouns are they, I'm... Oh, so, sorry. I mean that. And keep it going. It's like when I first, thing. I met you as, I didn't meet you as they. Oh, no, no, no. You met me as a real nigga from the South Side of Chicago. <laughs> so when you yeah, had corrected, when you had corrected me on your pronouns, I forget what it was. I had a comment on it. You had corrected yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, I, just, I, was, yeah, I was bothering you though. I was just bothering you. Okay. I was like, but then, but I took that and I'm like, okay, this is, this is what I'm going to 
these are the pronouns that I'm going to use now just because it's sure. a respect because it doesn't it doesn't hurt me at all to just switch up how I refer to you as right um yeah. I was on clubhouse one day and like somebody corrected somebody was like my pronouns are they and he was like the dude said oh well you look like a nigga so I'm calling you him and he I'm like they just told you that like that's that's unnecessary. That's a dusty. That's the dusty. Yes. Um, very but like dusty. it's unnecessary. It takes two seconds to just call the person what they want to be called. True. It really does. Um, I don't think it's the easiest thing, um, but things, you know, things take time. It's possible though. I do believe in the possibilities. Okay. So I have a question for you. Um, <sighs> we get real here, right? We get real. Okay, so we don't run from no smoke. We don't run from no conversation. So Saucy Santana. Yes. All right. So let's have I'm a conversation. Problematic faith. All right. Because he's very problematic. All right. So he made some recent comments and me and, you know, my producer, Lizzie, and my co-host, Portia, she's not here today, but uh, we we had some heated conversations. I think maybe at some point I'm going to release the um, uncut version. There was lots of, <laughs> there was lots of yelling, right? Lizzie said, Lizzie said, Lizzie said, when you go back and you listen to this, you're going to hear that you sound like a freaking jerk. <laughs> and I sounded like a jerk. Okay. Wow. Um, yeah, I did. But the comments, the comments that he made at the pride event down in Texas, actually. Right. Yes. When he was talking about women need men. Well, he said when women need somebody to do this, they do that. They go to the gay man. When they need this, they go to that. Boom, 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 boom. Right? Um, we are the template, blah, blah, blah. Now, the conversation is what was said and what wasn't said, right? Now, I said that I agree with a lot of his points. Those things do happen. I said that I feel like a lot of, you know, a lot of gay men, do help move the culture forward and a lot of times they aren't rewarded for it they aren't seen right i named that um you know a lot of them are in these spaces and you know the fashion and hair and makeup beauty all of those things but i also named that i personally don't believe it's not my politics that um they are the blueprint right i have a politic personally that black women are of the blueprint okay personally you may disagree that's cool Okay. Um, another thing I named was that black women, not all, okay, but a lot of times black women love gay men for what they could do, whether it's sing, hair, makeup, dance, vogue, down, blase, blase, but not for who they are. Because when it comes time when their son is gay, there's like, oh, I don't want my son to be gay. I would I want kids, I want grandkids, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So I have two questions for you. What, question number one is, what do you think about what Saucy Santana said? But question number two, because this is a conversation that I've heard many have after what was said, do you think that misogyny, do you think that some gay men still hold on to misogyny? It's a lot. Okay, I know. okay. okay. I'm going to take the first one. My okay. thing, my feelings about what Saucy Santana said was, I think that we have to, Saucy Santana is a rapper. So Saucy Santana was like on a mic. Mm -hmm. Rappers talk their shit. Mm. And so if I'm going to talk about me and I'm going to talk about my community, I'm going to mm -hmm. say we the best to ever do it. Mm. When we do it, we're going to snap. We're going to do it well. And I'm going to say we the blueprint. When I talk okay. about black people, you know what I say? 
They're the best. We're the, yeah. We them, we them niggas. And I think that we have to have that perspective. Saucy Santana. I hear an echo. I hear uh, Saucy Santana. Um, still there. One, two. Saucy Santana does, um, he's a rapper that's talking his shit. And then when I talk about myself and I talk about my people and I talk about the communities that I'm a part of, um, a lot of times I am going to gas them up. A lot of times when you're a marginalized community, you do need that uh, reassurance that you are that girl and that you are in these rooms and you are doing well for yourself. And so when we're talking about people being a blueprint, I think that um, if you ask a white person, the white person going to say the same thing. They think that they are high and they think that they're mighty and that they are the blueprint as well. Um, but every community that I am in, I can talk my shit about them. Like I'm non-binary. I can say that we the blueprint of the hoochie daddies. We've been wearing these little shorts for a little while now and we've been able to, um, we've, we've been wearing these shorts for a while now. We've been wearing women's clothes and being able to pull it off and to pull off these androgynous looks um, and doing it well. And now the community, um, now the community is evolving. And now that they, now the gays trying to, the gays trying to get on it after the non-binary, like I can have that conversation and talk my shit about non-binary if I want to do that. But I think that uh, we have to respect, let, let people speak about their community in the way that they want to speak about their community. Um, and that's their truth. It don't mean that it's the truth, but that is their truth. That's that. I oh, that is, that's a bar. I have to share. I'm gonna share that. That's their truth, but it doesn't necessarily mean that that's the truth. So before we move on to the second part of the question, do you feel what do you say to people? I've heard a lot of commentary around it. Like black women have been speaking, and they're like, their thing has been, you don't have to. What would you say to a black woman who says, "Well, Darian, you do not have to bring down black women." to uplift gay men. And so I do believe that we could speak about things. We could speak about things. Um, I can speak highly of something and not talk down on something. And so if I'm clear, I don't think Santana, Saucy Santana said, made, a conversa made the conversation about black women not being a blueprint. I think that he made the conversation about queer people being the blueprint. And if that's um, if that's his truth, stand tall in your truth. And if you're willing to fight behind it, fight behind it too, I think. But if that's his truth, I stand with him. And so I think that if a black woman say, yeah, we ain't got to put nobody else down to uh, speak highly about something else. And yeah, that's, you know, and that's what the, that's what the, and it, it is what, it, you know, that's the contention that me and my- Micah, I feel like you're using me. You no, 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 no. You using me to listen, say no, that this is what I was saying. That's no, this is we're building on we're building on the conversation because I don't feel like this this specific conversation isn't one that can just be had one time, right? Okay, yeah. To be able to get and then a lot of what happens is a lot of times what happens we record. Mm -hmm. I'm letting the people behind the curtain, <laughs> but we record on Wednesday, so the Friday shows are released on. They're released on Friday, but we record on Wednesday. So from the time we record to the time after, 
there's a lot of stuff that happens, right? I listen to a lot more stuff. Like all I do is listen to podcasts a lot, right? Watch the news, listen to podcasts. Um, and so what I just brought up was something that Rachel Lee Lindsay from the Higher Learning Podcast was talking about, and she was very adamant about you don't have to bring down black women to uh, uh, in order to uplift black men. Um, or black gay men. And what I was feeling from my perspective, because we all have our own perspective, was he didn't say, he didn't come out there and say, black women, y'all ain't shit. Y'all ain't never gonna be shit. Like, but that might have been how they interpreted it. Because mm-hmm. we interpret sure. things off our own experiences, off our own traumas, off our own past, blase, blase. But for me, and once again, I don't even like sauce and Santana. So like this is an okay because you know sometimes people cape for cape for people like saucy I don't like saucy, um especially after he especially after blue blue and B, but um <laughs> some things we don't have to speak about we can live in a world where we speak about the things that we like we don't have to speak about the things that we don't like or dislike no I'm at, um, I don't like him I appreciate um, what have to, that is that do not have to be spoken about. <laughs> I appreciate what he's have doing to say for, that out loud. I appreciate what he's doing for the culture, but just not my he. So he's a lot, but I had to. But let's talk about it. What is a lot about him? He's a lot. What's a lot? Um, just the fact. Hmm. Pop, pop your shit. Wait, I want them to but see when you say problematic for. things and get called out for it, own it, right? And and talking shit about a four year old child, a black woman. A black, she's not a black woman, a four-year-old black girl, that's disgusting. And then you you downing her for you know black featurism, talking about her hair, talking about her nose, she looks like this, that, and the other. That's mm-hmm. that's problematic. And then the whole, oh, that was eight years ago. I understand that was eight years ago, but mm-hmm. at 20, I knew not to talk about a child. Hello? Okay, I have a question. My question is, what was his response to that? What was his response? Did you not see I'm his sorry. response? I don't. I he didn't. he doubled down on it. I oh, said okay. what I said. Um, he said y'all not gonna cancel me. Um, okay, I, but let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. No, 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 no. <laughs> I know you're a saucy fan, but, <laughs> but I didn't say oh, I enjoy saucy. Fan mm-hmm. is a. If that came what? from okay. Let's, if, let's, I'm not gonna compare. We're gonna talk about this one. Not no, about no, 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 because you let's wouldn't talk be about him. This. If that came from a white person talking about Blue Ivy's hair and her nose, y'all would have to fit. Okay, but we have to understand that this is also somebody that is within community. And I think that just as you don't want people talking about Justin Timberlake on the, the culture, you, it was huh? a culture part of your podcast. They started talking, your co host started talking about a white man. And you was like, what this got to do with the culture? Exactly. Okay, so I think that my thing with I wouldn't take it from a white person because they're not a part of this culture. They're not a part of this community. So no, I will exile you. So but if we you're can, part of this. We, so just because he's a part of the culture, we ignore problematic behavior. No, 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 no. Okay, I'm, I'm making a few points. I had to okay. get that one off because I wouldn't have the same uh, reaction to a white person saying something about beyond uh, Blue Ivy's hair than I would a black person. Okay. But also, keep it going. Within our community, we have colorism has become a thing. Um, hair textures and things has become was a thing. My grandmother used to tell this story about how they said my grandmother was a, a chocolate woman. My great grandmother tell this story about they didn't let her drink coffee because oh, you can't drink coffee because it's gonna make you black. What? 
Uh, so, so she was crazy. like scared. She was scared to drink coffee for years. And so, like, and, black people make up. I swear. You know that's wild. And eventually, when I was young, she used to let me drink coffee like at three, four, five, and I used to have cups of coffee. It was the cutest thing ever. Um, and so, within community, what happens is we create these like subcultures, and we 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 are problematic as well. We're, we we traumatize one another as well, but we have grown and we have evolved. And so we understand now that um, the language that we use surrounding someone's hair, the language that we use talking about a child, we are more of, word, give me a word, we are more aware of that mm-hmm. language and try not to make sure that, and make sure that that language is like healthy. Um, yeah. Sometimes... I can say, I um, me and my best friend in high school say, oh, you ugly. You so ugly. Oh, my God. But it was like a thing of us talking to one another. But someone outside of us was could have been like, oh, y'all, y'all mean. I don't call people ugly no more, but that's what we used to do back in the day. And so language evolves. Okay. People changes. And I think that once we do say something, if I said something at 20 years old, when I said that, I meant it and I was able to stand on it. Mm. And so I did say that that is who I was. Did I say that today? I agree with all of that. Like I do. I'm just going to read one more quote and then we're going to get to the second <laughs> part of the question. Right. And then we're going to go to break okay. and come back. Right. But he said, this is his words. He says, and I'll still talk about a bitch to this day. Who's going to check me? And so I think another thing is when we're talking about somebody, I don't owe the world an apology for talking about Blue Ivy. I owe Blue Ivy an apology. I owe Beyonce, her parents, maybe an apology, but I don't okay. owe that apology to this world. And so I think that if he wants to stand tall in what he said and said that I will do it again if I choose to, he can stand tall in that. And I think that we have to give him that grace to be able to see that he grow and give him that grace to see that or would he do the same thing? Is that the same language that he'll use today? Okay, I can respect that. Only thing I would say is if you disrespect me publicly, I want that same energy. So are you a public public disrespect equals public apology. Because what, what one thing that people do, they talk big game on the internet. We know that. We I mean, if you go to the shade room, if you go to neighborhood talk, don't, you, don't. you go into the comments, like just the don't. thing that people people feel so bold to say stuff on the internet that they would never say. Like, you know, like somebody in my inbox, I didn't even tell Lizzie about this, but somebody in my inbox, when I had shared one of the, um, the, um, one of the clips from one of my, uh, when I had Benji Fetch on, uh, they said, why do you guys keep having all of this faggot shit on this podcast? Someone I've never met. <sighs> like, <laughs> What? But they wouldn't say that. Like most people wouldn't say that if they were right in your face. True. Just like you said, you was in Clubhouse and someone said their pronouns and oh, you look like an. You wouldn't say that to my face. No, because you. You feel. You, you know. Yeah. I'm gonna show you. Show you how much of a nigga I am. No, just. <laughs> <laughs> so before we go to break, misogyny. Um, do any members of our community do they? Um, you know, kid, because that's the thing. Um. I know what my answer is, but I want to know what your answer is. Can black do some black men uphold misogyny? I think that we are Americans. And unfortunately, with American, our roots are built in misogyny. 
our, our religions are built in misogyny. And so to say that um, we all have, just like uh, internalized racism is a thing, misogyny is the same way, I believe. You have to do real work to be able to uh, not show up in the world that way. And I think that that takes work. And so within our community, yes, some of our mis uh, misogynistic, um, really misogynistic, I wanted to curse so bad. Um, some of us are really misogynistic and we have to do really real work to um, outgrow that and to change from that and evolve from that because it's, it's not cute. Straight to the point. And it, watch this. And it also goes into our relationships as well, because then you have these relationships where you want to commit to these gender roles. And then with mm -hmm. these gender roles, we're, with us be, uh, most of the time being too masculine presenting person, now you want me to be the more feminine one. And then you're also misogynistic about the way that I show up in this world. Issues, but I ain't gonna go there. That's. That's real. We might get to that later. That's real. All right, guys, you are listening to Conversation with the Culture. We're going to take a break because we got to pay these bills and we will be back right after this. What up, fellas? This one is for you. I need y'all to go get Baggage Claim by Blake Martin. You can get it on Amazon, all right? So, when people ask, is that on Amazon? Say, yeah, it's on Amazon. But check it out. If you are a black boy, if you are a black man, you need baggage claimed by Blake Martin. In this insightful, emotional, and thought-provoking memoir, fashion mogul Blake Martin bears his soul and guides his audience through his childhood trauma. Through entertaining stories and brutal honesty, Martin stands on the pedestal of his truth as a child who was abandoned, raped, addicted, and homeless before even reaching high school. Martin challenges our minds on how to approach black boys and black men in the spaces of their trauma. Check it out. We all need this one. Fellas, I need you to go get this book right now. It's on Amazon. All right. And now back to the show. And we are back. You guys just heard um, that commercial for my good friend, Blake Martin, uh, his book, Baggage Claim. Make sure that you get it. Um, I love it. One of the things that he talks about is growing up as a young black gay gay male and all of these things. Um, so it's, it's a really good book. Uh, you don't have to be gay to read the book, y'all, okay? He's specifically in this book, he's talking to black men and he's really talking about unpacking emotional trauma he's talking about unpacking all of these things that we as black men oftentimes put on ourselves so listen i always say black men need therapy and back black men need um to unpack their baggage and you guys need to go ahead and get baggage claim okay go ahead and get baggage claim on amazon.com all right darian so this is actually a good transition all right this is a good transition can you talk to me um what was it like growing up in Chicago, in the south side of Chicago, um, as a member of the LGBTQ community, because we all know, you know, that's the one thing growing up, everybody's always like, oh, you do that? That's gay. Oh, that's hella gay. Oh, that's gay as hell. You, like, talk to me. How was that? Um, so everyone around me knew I was gay before I knew. Let's talk about that or queer, knew I was a part of the community in some sort before I knew. And so, um, yes, it was used and, uh, oh, that's gay. I can't believe you did that little sissy shit. Don't do that and stuff like that. Um, 
but it wasn't, I had a pleasurable experience because not pleasurable, but it wasn't really traumatizing about what other people did to me. It was just more of a battle within myself on living um, that lifestyle, living that lifestyle. That's tacky. Um, what it was more about for me growing up was figuring out how I was going to show up in this world. Um, a lot of times in faith, they tell you not to do the bad thing. And so when they, being gay uh -oh. is looked at as the bad thing, it's something you like, oh, you have an option to not do this and to choose to do this. And it's like- Pray it away. And let me tell you, we can pray some things away, but this, <laughs> like, this ain't going nowhere. Um, and so the battle for me was figuring out how I wanted to show up in this world. Mm -hmm. um, people used to ask me, was I gay? And I didn't answer because I'm not about to lie. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't want to lie. So I was like, do it matter? Mm -hmm. Oh, can I tell y'all how messy my grandma is? I'm a private person. That was my, I'm a private person. <laughs> no, my grandma, my grandma, she, she, so no one ever talked about my queerness, like to me directly. My grandma going to tell me, Darian, I heard you was gay. I said, grandma, what? Somebody said you was gay. I said, grandma, who said it? And my cousin had my back. She's like, if you're not going to say who said it, he ain't answering the question. Because my grandma's like, is it true? I was like, Grandma, tell me who said it. My cousin was like, uh, if you don't tell him who said it, then he ain't got an answer. Mm. And my grandma was like, well, I don't want to give up my source. My grandma is funny as fuck. She the one told me to watch P-Valley. Uh, really? Said, yeah, you got to watch P-Valley. I said, okay, Grandma. And so I watched P-Valley, and I was like, oh, my grandma watching this. Not grandma. That's my girl. Natalie, that's wild. <laughs> that's my girl. She's so funny. Um, you mentioned something, so I want to talk about it. Uh I want to talk about it. Ah, this is so good. Like this is this is so good. All right. So how do you navigate that? Because I know that you you said it earlier in just you know being a part-time Christian. But how do you navigate, you know, your queerness and being a member of I mean, and being a Christian, because I say that because obviously, you know, we grow I'm up. I'm not a Christian, part-time Christian. <clears throat> huh? Part-time Christian. Because <laughs> I hear people all the time. They're always like, you know, we grew up in like, gay is bad. If you're gay, yes. you're going to hell. Um, pray away to gay. Uh, they're not going to let any sissies and punks into the pearly gates. Um, like all of these things, um, we saw, um, there was actually downtown the other day in Chicago uh -huh. last weekend. Um, there was a Jesus group who was down there, um, during one of the gay, the, the pride events and they had their drums and they were like, you know, playing the drums and they were like, oh, they had, the, they had the pride flag with Jesus written across it. Um, so like, how do you navigate that? You know? having faith your faith you know in christ but also hey i'm queer true um i've actually been um fortunate enough to exist in churches that hasn't been so wildly homophobic the church mm -hmm. I, I don't even like the church i grew up in wasn't like that the um small church that i went to here wasn't like that and even a bigger one i go to here isn't like that and, and sometimes I don't even like saying that out loud because I don't want nobody to go to them churches and be like, why y'all not telling them they're going to hell? But I think that um, it is a way to navigate both. I think that it's no one, one 
person or thing that I believe in 100% or that is for me 100%. Mm, let's explain it. When I'm around Black people, sometimes they don't fuck with my Christianness. Mm. Sometimes when I'm with Christians, just so embarrassing. They don't fuck with my Blackness. Mm. They're not able to stand up for my Blackness. And so sometimes Woo! I'm with the gays. Ooh, Sometimes good. I'm with the gays and um, they don't fuck with my Christianness either. And so it's a, I'm able, I'm always around people that don't fuck with a part of me. It's hard to find people that fuck with blackness, fuck with queerness, fuck with um, Christianity, fuck with um, the universe or fuck with figuring out who you are. And I think that um, I've been able to navigate that the way that I'm able to navigate that is, is because it's something that I'm used to. I'm used mm -hmm. to people not fucking with me wholly. I'm used to people fucking with me, fucking with me for the parts of me that they fuck with me for. I hope you guys listen to that and like really hear that. And then you need, I need y'all to really start thinking of how to like, how you approach the relationships in your, and I'm talking to my, right now I'm talking to my black folks, right? Um, there'll be another conversation when we talk about you white Christians, because y'all are, a lot of y'all are super problematic. Um, you're inherently racist. Um, you're inherently misogynistic. We see a lot of it during what just happened with, you know, with the don't say gay bills, with mm -hmm. the with these um, these gun laws, how you want to protect these gun laws. And then you want to talk, send thoughts and prayers when a bunch of kids get killed. Uh, we've seen it now with the latest um, Roe versus Wade. Um, mm -hmm. So we'll get to that in an upcoming episode about just Christianity as whole, but white Christianity. Right. We'll talk it's about wild. That. It's super wild, and it's the even gel. And it's not like we're not talking about. I'm sorry, we're here. We gotta Go sit for in it. there for a little bit. Um, yeah. It's not, and you know, being that you're in the Bible Belt, um, it's not necessarily even like your, like your Southern white. Like when you think of whiteness and racism in Christianity, a lot of people think of like the Southern Baptist churches. No, it's like your evangelical churches, even some of your bigger platform churches like Hillsong and places like that. Now, it may seem like they're all inclusive, right? Yeah. But at the end of the day, watch what they're silent on. Watch what <laughs> watch what they don't choose to speak out on. Watch watch the conversations that they don't want to be involved with. And then and that speaks a lot. And then follow their paper trail and watch the watch what they donate to. Great points. All great points. Yes. Um, when I think about the thing, my thing with white Christianity is um, the way that they're not able to. I'm radical, but my mm -hmm. radicalness, I believe, comes from being a Christian and it comes from being from Chicago. And I think mm -hmm. that when I'm black people, happen. when black people are radical, they act so shocked and so surprised. Mm -hmm. And it's like you, your Jesus was radical. Yeah. Your Jesus didn't do things the way that things supposed to have been done. He came and shifted some shit. And he tried to talk about the shit. And if that didn't work, you know, he had to do a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of that. And I think that when they look at us as aggressive or us as being too passionate about something and it bothers them, I think that um, that is really unfair and it gets to me. Also, I went to a small white church here and I recently had to leave it, um, which was really heartbreaking and devastating. And I'm going to tell you one thing that I had to sit through. 
mm-hmm. um, being at that church. When we went to COVID happened, we at home and um, I'm embarrassed to talk about it, but also don't give a fuck. Watch this. We were, we were sitting in church at COVID and talking about the riots and stuff. And, you know, me sitting there with a bunch of white folks, small white church. I'm sorry, diverse church. Everybody's not white. They're from all over the world. Um, and let's be honest, racism is worldwide. Racism yes. isn't just um, about an American thing. Um, and so we sit in a Zoom and we having these conversations. And one of the things I had to sit through was, um, I don't like telling people business. It's okay. It's you messy. You are so messy. My pastor asks, how do y'all feel about um, what's going on in the world? And da, 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 da. everyone just get to speaking and me being like the only black American that's sitting here. I was like really, really tough. And they just made one of the conversations about just because you do one wrong thing doesn't mean that you should go to you should be in trouble. This one white woman, white American woman said I work in an. Um, hospitals. And I'm sure that a decision that I've made have taken a life, but I don't think that my, I shouldn't be able to ever work again. And I supposed to sit through that and listen, but I chose to eat her up and let her know, no, maybe you should be fired as well. Mm -hmm. And maybe all the people that attached to the black women dying through pregnancy, they should be going to jail as well and not being able to practice because you are looking at people, looking at black people as someone who's able to tolerate pain at a higher level, which is completely bullshit. And so you're dehumanizing us. You're making us look like we're not normal people. We are able to fight tougher fights and go through anything. And it's like, have more pain. It's bullshit. And if you fuck up one time because someone is black, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't have your job. I agree. And then the last thing I'll say on that, whoa, this is so good. We're going to make people mad this week. That's okay. Um, <laughs> the last thing that I'll say on this is y'all got to stop. And this is a white, this is to my white Christians out there. When these issues happen and there's people who you are supposedly in community with who are black, right? You guys have to stop saying, Oh, just pray. It's just just Jesus. Just give it to Jesus. Because if you were a true follower of Jesus, you knew that Jesus would be out here tearing it up too. Uh, you know that Jesus was a true activist. Jesus, Jesus was going into in the streets. Like, then come on, the he was in the streets being like, wait, what? Y'all, that's tradition. Nah, I don't rock with tradition. This is how we're going to do it. He was like, even when his disciples was like, Jesus, they're trying to come to you. Like, we're trying to keep them away. He's like, nah, 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 bring them to me. So Jesus, yeah. Jesus was with, he was about about it. Jesus had that Fred Hampton in him. He was like, we are the revolution. You so, know. For y'all to sit here and be like, just Jesus, just Jesus, that's just you wanting to use your silence. And as we know, silence is compliance. I stand okay. with you, my brother. And there will be another topic. One day we'll get to the the black Christians and how y'all handle the LGBTQ community because that's an episode in itself. Hello? True. But what I do want to talk about, because you work with the Mahogany Project, first of all, congratulations on all of y'all's success. Um, I've watched you since you started with them and like you've been doing some amazing things doing some amazing initiatives so i just have to tip my hat off to you for that and the work that you've been doing but what i really appreciate about what the work that you guys do it's for members 
it's for the members of the community, the LGBTQ community, but specifically those non-binary and of trans experience. The reason why um, I respect that because they are often the ones who are forgotten. Um, one mm -hmm. thing that I tell people, we all have struggles, right? But mm -hmm. then once you get into each group and then you break down, certain members have more struggles than the next person, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And I would personally say, especially members of the trans community, as far as the LGBTQ rainbow, yes. <laughs> see what I did there? Underneath yeah. that, <laughs> I feel like the members of the trans community <clears throat> have it the worst. Um, sure. So talk to me about the Mahogany Project and what it is that you all do, because I want people to be able to support it. Jiro, um, first, I do want to talk about the one of the easiest ways to support us. Everyone shops at um, on Amazon. If you go mm -hmm. to smile.amazon.com. What is it? Smile.amazon.com. Okay. You're able to type in an organization and a percentage of everything that you buy on Amazon will go to that organization. And oh, so wow. if you all would do that, um, put uh, go to the Mahogany Project uh, Incorporated, find our organization and be able to just select that and proceeds from everything that you buy, a certain percentage will go directly to the Mahogany Project. And we'll truly appreciate that. Um, and that's that right now because I stay on Amazon Prime. See, and uh, um, I would love y'all to do that. The work that we do is important. I think that working with, like we talked about earlier, within a black community, that language thing, it's a, it becomes a thing. We have issues within our community. Like we talk about the language we talk about as far as like hair and the way we teach, treat light-skinned and dark-skinned people. It's the same thing within the queer community. We get it. We have more issues within the community where we have gay men saying, I don't know why she want to be a woman. Like, I don't know why he want to be a woman. Like, I don't get that. That's just stupid. And it's like, no, 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 no. We are a part of the same community and we should be able to at least be there for them and not mm -hmm. talk bad and tear them down. Um, one of the things, a lot of times trans and non-binary people do get left out outside of community because a lot of um, funding go to gay things. A lot of events are surrounded by gayness. Um, I recently went to a lesbian party for Houston Pride, which mm -hmm. was really fun, which was something I really haven't experienced because a lot of times the lesbians have to come to gay events. They have mm -hmm. to, it's a sprinkle of lesbians there and it's not like a place that they feel completely comfortable or a place that's catered to, oh, watch this. Sometimes we have places that um, are catered to us, but also we sometimes we just have places where we feel more comfortable. And a lot of times lesbians feel more comfortable within gay spaces, but those spaces aren't catered for them. Mm. Same thing for trans and non-binary people. We don't have spaces that are catered to them, but we do have places that um, they do. we feel more comfortable in. Even where black people, especially in Chicago, very segregated city, we it's a lot of white places to go and party at and have fun um, that the whites, um, they all have fun at. And it's just some that we feel more comfortable at, but none of those spaces are created and uh, cultivated for Black people or for Black fun. It's created and cultivated for whiteness. And it's like, oh, they have great hip hop moments. So we all go there and have fun during when they play like um, to the windows, to the walls. Or they'll close them down. Like we had a place here called um, Drink House. Okay. Um, and they did trap brunch and all of this, right? It was black owned mm -hmm. and everything. 
and then people in it, but it wasn't in the black community, right? Mm. So people within the community started complaining, all of these things, and they got it shut down. Mm. It happens. But, and so with our work, we try to make sure that we show up, we create mm -hmm. these spaces that are safer for trans and non-binary people and cultivate these spaces where they feel more comfortable. And I think that that's a great place to start. I think that it's a lot of things that um, we also do. We help people get their name changed, like mm -hmm. um, get your name changed on your ID and different things like that. People struggle with that um, because uh People are mean. Them DMV bitches are evil. <laughs> Them bitches are evil. Don't. I'm going to leave it there. And then okay. also we do different things uh, like try to, as far as like um, voting, voting is mm -hmm. really important. And we want to make sure that trans people are able to vote as well. Sometimes trans people get to these voter registration places and sometimes they don't look like the person that's on their ID. And so sometimes Ooh. that becomes an issue. Sometimes they get treated mad. They, they get treated mean, nasty. Um, they get misgendered and different things that voting pose. And so we try to make sure um, that they have the proper ID and things like that to make that um, transaction a little bit smoother. But then also we do trainings as well. Let's train these people that's going to be at these re voter registrations on how to interact with career folks. Let's train these teachers. Let's train these people that's out there every day um, interacting with people on how to interact with queer folks and how to use um, how to use language properly and not just use language to um, tear people down. I love that. I love that. I love that. I love that. Well, where are y'all um, on the internet so people can find you all? Um, you can go to themahoganyproject.org. You okay. can go um, also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube um, at The Mahogany Project. Okay. So what I'm going to do too, I'm going to put that in the show notes so everybody yeah. can... Uh, you know, so everybody could tap in with you um, because I really, really, really um, love to do. I love the work that you're doing. I love the work that you're doing. Thank you. Um, right now, currently, we are in our we celebrate. We got pride. Uh, we celebrate pride a little bit differently at the Mahogany Project. Every okay. Tuesday and Thursday of the middle of June to the middle of July, we are doing for a month long different events, some virtual, some in person conversations and a mixture of conversations and events where we um, do different things. We have a, a garden party where is what we're calling it. We're just going to do bouquets. We're really big on giving people their flowers while they're alive. And so we're going to mm. have like a bouquet party, teach you how to like make a bouquet for your home and different things like that. And so, and be able to gift yourself a bouquet of flowers. And that's one of my favorite events we have. We're also having something called Pound Town, which makes me nervous. Pound Town? Wanna, that sounds like, um, what's it's, Pound Town? It's, Pound Town is going to be a conversation um, um, held by someone on our team by the name of Adonis. Um, he's going to be talking about, you know, sexual health and how to have great sex, uh, pleasurable sex, raunchy sex, um, safe sex as well. 
but uh, let's make sure it's pleasurable. Let's make sure it's fun um, and figuring out those spaces and how to navigate that. They're also going to be giving away toys for that one, sex toys. We also, I thought, oh, I'm talking too much, but watch this. We also give away safety kits at the Mahogany Project. This is a great one. Watch this. We also give away safety kits at the Mahogany Project because, as we know, it's not always safe to be queer in this world. Um, you can go to our website and you're able to get... Um, a taser and mace as well and just fill out the thing and we'll be able to send it to you. Um, it's not safe to be queer. As much as we try to make like, it's okay to be gay, ain't that okay. These girls, we just found 31 um, white, choose words, right? So they found 31 white people in the back of a U-Haul going to a pride in one of these cities. It's yeah. not safe to be gay. It's not. Yeah. We still got to watch out. We still got trans women winding up dead daily yes yes two of them oh, just yeah. passed away this week um i don't know their names um off the top of my head but we have two trans women who just died and i just want to put that out in the air as well we have to figure out a place we got to figure out so listen y'all if y'all are listening if y'all want to tap in with the mahogany project make sure you do like i said if you open up your app you can see the show notes right there right you're looking at it open it up okay you're looking mm -hmm. at it boom there you go uh you can click and all of that also, Darian, if people want to follow you, um, where can they find you? You can find me on not Facebook, but you, oh, uh, but you can definitely oh, find Facebook. me. I am, but that's not where I'm at. Gotcha. On a regular, on you a don't regular. be here. Yeah, you post like once every three months. Don't tell nobody. <laughs> uh, let's do. You can comment, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Darian Durrell. That's D-A-R-R-I-E-N-D-Y-R-E-L-L. I am the sophisticated one. Um, well, I try to do all things sophisticated, but if I'm not sophisticated, I mean, it's, it's still going to be a good time. Oh, <laughs> what, what was I about to say? I don't know what you was about to say, Micah. Um... The sophisticated one? Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. There it was. There it was. Question. This is totally random, but not random. Have you ever okay. thought about doing a um, podcast? Um, I thought about doing a podcast. Yes. Um... <laughs> oh, that was it. That was the. Yes. Answer? Oh, okay. You have. Would you ever do a pod? Would you ever do a podcast that had like multiple people on the podcast like three it would probably be like four people i'm thinking if this was a possible scenario if this was a possible scenario i can do four people anything more is too many yeah i agree um okay okay we'll talk mm -hmm. offline okay a, i'll do it yeah i'm down there's a podcast um, so the podcast is called, so we did two episodes, right. Uh, with one of my friends, um, and it was called the two episodes and they're like our two highest rated episodes, which is crazy, but it's called the black gay agenda, right. Play on words. Uh -huh. And I'm thinking, we've been talking, I'm thinking about possibly curating it into an actual podcast. I love that. I love that. I'm down. Um, I do want to make, 
Are we? Is this the podcast? Or yeah, it's still they can hear it. We'll talk. Okay. Check it out. You have been listening to Conversations for the Culture. <laughs> Make sure that you guys go ahead and like, share, um, review, rate, all of that good stuff. And me and Portia will be back here Friday. We're probably going to have some special guests, and we're going to be getting into. Um, this crazy ass decision that the Supreme Court came down with when it comes to women's reproductive rights. We will see you next time.